Hey everybody, hope you're doing good. Um, I guess one of the main things that I guess has popped up in the minute, um, or certainly things that people would ask me to talk more about, um, I think would be like mental health side of things, um, which obviously is really, really important, not just for like athletics and sport, but also, you know, life in general and and like life happiness and and things like this. So um, I'm I'm on my my drive down to Dublin here um, just to sort the athletics visa out. Um, it's something that I guess has been dragging on. It, it's probably about a year since we started the paperwork for this application, and um, you pay quite a lot of money to get the sport visa and. Um, now I basically have to finally go and do my interview and hopefully it's a straightforward process from here. You do your interview and you send in your passport, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but look, as I've been driving, I, I've done quite a lot of podcasts at the minute, so I, I wasn't um, I wasn't really planning to, to do a podcast, but I guess on the drive, I've been listening to some of the audibles that I'll listen to and, and one at the minute is is called extreme ownership um and you know i at the end of uh, extreme ownership is about accepting responsibility um especially if you're in a especially if you're in a leading role um now remember that being in a leading role is being a parent um is being a is being a husband you know, is being a wife, is being a, a boss, is being a manager, is is being an employee that you know influences somebody else's career. There's there's tons of different ways to be um, in a leadership or a, a role that influences other people. And um, you know, I, I it, at the end of every marathon, I I I, I critically review everything that went on before I, you know, make a plan for the next marathon. And um, one of the things that pops up quite a lot is, you know, my my own self-assessments um, call out everybody in my vicinity, like myself, first and foremost. Um, I'm not afraid to, to tell myself when I fucked up or, or tell myself when I should have handled things differently. And um, one of the worst things that can happen is that you handle something poorly, but you still get a good result um, because that it just teaches you bad habits and it makes you probably think that, you know, you could take risks like that again in future or, or et cetera, et cetera. So extreme ownership is really good. It's a really good audible. Um, it, it's been it's been brilliant for me just to like learn to accept responsibilities and, and then also learn. There's a when you accept responsibility, whether it was your fault or not, right? So if you're a parent um, and you know your kid, um, I don't know. Let's go for an example here. Your your kid's playing close to the television, and I don't know, call it a bloody Nerf gun with power, and he shoots it, and it you know dents the TV. Um, and, and you you're gonna think to yourself. Um, I had no say in that whatsoever, you know, kid had Nerf gun, shoots it at the TV. Extreme ownership is, you know, when you give the kid the the toy, you know, you've probably bought it for him, you give the kid the toy, you have to explain the consequences of 
using it. Um, you know, if you if you use it and you you shoot something that's really expensive, it's going to cost your mother and I lots of money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so there's a there's a there's always an element of responsibility whether you're in the wrong or not. Um, you know, let's say let's say your wife does something that pisses you off, for example, and you're in a position where you're like, well, shit, I I didn't do anything here. You know, it was all my wife or vice versa, husband. Um, it it still might have been your responsibility to to tell that person that doing something like that would bother you or would upset you or you, like you see where I'm going with that. Um, now when you're gonna when you're gonna sit down and talk about that and you're gonna try to work it out and you're gonna try to overcome um anger and and try to make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. If you if you charge in and you say oh, you know, why did you do this? This really upset me. Or, or hey, this didn't work out the way we wanted it to. And, and obviously, it was all your fault for going and doing that. Um, what, what basically happens is two egos clash. Um, so your ego is pissed off because something didn't go the way you thought it would and, and it upset you. And, and, and now your wife or your husband's ego is on the defense because basically a charging bull is running at them and they've decided, well, fuck this bull, you know, I'm going to run back. Um, and that's a really cool way to look at it. Like I, I basically, after, after most marathons, I'll send out an email to, you know, everybody in my support team, whether it's physio, whether it's gym coach, whether it's a uh, running coach, um, whether it's Gary Longwell, sports psychologist, um, I'll send out an email and, and I would say over the years, I've done a better job of um, not not being so the, the email probably used to read very attacking. You let me down here. You let me down there. We, we should have done this. Why did you tell me we would set up this and, and you didn't, you know, um, almost like ultimatum emails, you know, and, and they can read really shitty. Um, and I guess where I've moved from that is is Gary has allowed me to start exploring the idea of, you know, being the chief executive of your company. And so if I'm going to email a coach and I'm going to say, hey, guys, I feel like we could have done this better. I feel like um, there, there could have been more support during longer tempo runs um, with, you know, a bike in place, somebody cycling with me. Um, maybe there could have been when I'm out doing a longer tempo, maybe there could have been a table set up with drinks. Right. So. The, the email that you send or, or the conversation that you have goes goes something like, hey, guys, you know, I'm going over the previous block of training. I wish I asked you guys for a little bit more support because here are certain areas that I feel if I'd asked for the support could have went a little bit better. That's a much more clean email or conversation than, uh, hey, guys, I don't think you're doing a very good job as a coach. I've seen that other people in their training get tables set up and, and blah, blah, blah. You get the point. You're, you're accepting responsibility for, um, your, for your life, your career, for the things that are going on around you. Um, and, and it's about Navy SEALs. Um, and it's about like lieutenants, you know, basically, or anybody that's in like the, the leadership roles of the, the squad and um, accepting responsibility for their troops and, and, and getting their ego in check, basically, to be able to do that. Um, and then once you take, you know, if, if two egos go head to head, it's just exhausting because you, there's no logic. And um, every time that you're going to have a conversation or you're going to 
you know, raise some conflict. Ask yourself what what you're looking to gain out of that situation. Um, you know, if I'm gonna let's say I'm gonna complain to Gary and say, Gary, you know, you never checked in on me. Why why did you never check in on me? What sort of sports psychologist are you? I thought you were supposed to care about me. I thought you were supposed to be there for me. Um and, and Gary's gonna Gary's gonna respond Maybe psychologist is a bad example because he'll probably calm me down. Um, but let's pretend, you know, that was the nutritionist. Why do you never check in on me? Blah, blah, blah. And she's going to be like, he's fucking coming at me here. You know, this is a guy who never texts me once. He never asked me for any help. I didn't even know he wanted me to check in. Boom. All of a sudden, the two egos are going head to head. You know, they're in a boxing match. Um, now, if, if the goal for me was that in the next build-up, I would like my nutritionist to check in on me a little bit more. Just fucking ask her, you know? Just be like, hey, you know, I did a really shitty job um, in the last build-up of, like, keeping on top of my nutrition. And I think it might have helped if every now and again we, we checked in on each other and, and I maybe sent you an update every two weeks on how my nutrition is going. And, and, you know, maybe if you notice that I haven't sent that in a couple of weeks, just send me a wee text just to check in on me. That was, you know, that's a far easier way. Um, but anyway, that's extreme ownership. And it amazes me that I've just got sidetracked for, I don't actually know how long I just got sidetracked there for, quite a bit. Um, so yeah, no, look, mental health, um, a lot of people, a lot of people will. Um, a, a lady told me that, you know, she did a, a PowerPoint presentation on Unbreakable Mind. And, you know, I'm almost like... <laughs> gobsmacked that you know i was the chosen um subject for this unbreakable mind and she was sort of saying there's lots of examples out there but she just thought it would be more relatable if it was you know if it was someone from you know ireland that's you know performing well and um people might be able to relate to it a little bit more and um i think if i think if we take a step back um the first thing i'm going to tell you is the reason i'm gobsmacked and the reason i'll i'll tell my parents about this is like um, I haven't always had an unbreakable mind. Um, and actually, the, the, the reason I used to always really struggle in sport was never anything to do with talent and ability. I would say it came down to a lack of discipline. Um, and I would say it came down to an irresponsible um, emotional intelligence. And also, so intelligence is huge because... If you start to understand why your brain is doing certain things, it doesn't become as personal. It just becomes you, you start to you start to view it as like I, I talk a lot in um I don't know what the exact phrase would be, but it's not I talk a lot in less personal and more I hate that humans do that, you know? I hate that it's a habit of humans that we do that, you know? I hate that it's a habit of humans that we, you know, we're greedy, or I hate that it's a habit of humans that um, instead of taking an inch, we take a mile, you know, things like this. Um, and, I, and as you start to understand human behavior and what, how, why we react to certain things the way we do and, and how we do it, the, the more knowledge you have, think of that knowledge as power. So you're in an argument with somebody and you... You, you, you see a reaction and, you, you know, you've read about it or you've listened to it on an audible and you're like, I don't think that's Stephen talking. I think that's Stephen's ego or 
oh, you know what? Stephen's reacted like this because of the way I attacked this subject. Or, you know, you can start, the more you, the more you understand about like mental health and mental behavior and, and human psychology, um, the, the easier, you're almost arming yourself to, to understand maybe why you reacted a certain way or why somebody else reacted a certain way or before the reaction even exists, you might learn a better way to target that situation, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're almost, with knowledge, you're almost protecting yourself from, I don't know, call it getting butthurt about certain things, et cetera, et cetera. But look, if we go, if we go way back, um, I have many examples where I really struggled with mental health. Um, you know, from, from being a 15, 16 year old kid and, and being really nervous at things like district schools that, you know, I, I think I'd won six years in a row. Um, from being really nervous at like primary school type stuff, like sports days where, you know, I was supposed to win and, and, you know, like got really, really nervous because, well, I'm the runner and what if I don't win and, and things like this. Um, moving on to, I think what I remember on certain occasions, you know, just, just giving up and being pretty, I'm going to say soft, but I just hadn't matured yet. So I'm not even going to like attack myself there and say I was being soft I just I just hadn't matured yet and I didn't know how to push I, I didn't I was a kid I didn't practice pushing hard and um, I've learned now that most things come down to preparation and so you have to you have to prepare your brain to be able to push hard and to be able to not give up and to, to be more callous I suppose you could say like mentally and things like this um, but I, I've done races where I wanted to fucking trip myself up you know hey if you trip yourself up here like no one's going to judge you. People are just going to think you tripped. And so the pain can stop now and things like this. Um, then to move in a different direction of mental health with, without talking about running. Like I used to handle relationships really badly. Um, emotionally, I just wasn't in a good place. And, you know, I'd get really insecure. And, and if I, especially if I really liked somebody and I, I just really fear that I was going to lose that person or, um, and then and it wasn't that I was afraid of losing that person. It was it was that I, I was afraid to have to cope with losing that person. I, I knew I wouldn't handle it well. Um, and, and that's a different fear. Um, because if you I mean, I think logically, if you think about it, like I, I don't want to sound harsh here about relationships and things like this. But there's there's a lot of us in this world. There's a lot of men. There's a lot of women. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of relationships that could exist. Um, there's a lot of people that are very similar, both similar in looks, both similar in personalities. And there's a, there's a big odd pond out there, as they would say, you know, plenty of fish in the sea. But so if you, when you're really upset about losing somebody, I, I, nine times out of 10, I think it's less about the fact that you're going to lose that individual person because there's going to be plenty of other people out there. And I think it's more to do with, you being concerned that you won't be able to cope with the torment that's going to happen after losing that person. Oh my God, did they leave me because of me? Am I worthless? Am I useless? Am I not good looking? How, how the fuck am I going to find somebody else if this person doesn't want to be me? You know, all that kind of crap. Um, and, I, and I've been in some really dark places when it comes to the things with that, like that. And and, you know, dark places, I mean, angry places. I mean, like sitting in my room in the dark for two days or something at university and tears and angry and, and then finding out that somebody else is talking to my girl and, you know, going and banging on their door and wanting to fight them. And God, I, I really, really, 
it's not that funny actually it's awful um i, I yeah i've been in a dark way you know you're i mean you are looking at like probably over 10 years ago now like 12 years ago or something now my my emotions were a mess um but i could tell you hundreds of more i could tell you some sometimes alcohol's involved sometimes it's just me and my raw emotions i could tell you many examples of my emotions just sort of getting out of control um and and you know it's not it's not useful my my the alarm on my phone went off there so it it um, stops recording basically so I hope that I pick it back up where I left off but look I truly believe that um, it's less about the examples of um, you know what's been going on um, and more about um, your knowledge of how to handle the situations um, if you think you're the only person in the world that you know acts emotionally or, you know, overreacts or spits the dummy out of the pram and things like this, you're absolutely not, right? So I've kind of learned that it's less about, um, first of all, there's there's usually reasons. You know, when you think of the whole cliche, I'm going to go speak to a psychologist, and, and the first question they might ask me is, what's your relationship with your mother and father? How was your upbringing? How was things like this? It is a very, like, cliche thing and and you know it might seem really like predictable and really obvious and things like this but but actually you know sometimes there is reasons behind your psychology because if you listen to books like chimp paradox and, and or you read books like chimp paradox things you've grown up with and things you've got used to has heightened expectations has has heightened certain beliefs that oh my god anyone that rolls their eyes when I talk to them doesn't give a shit about what I'm saying or you know anyone that like you know maybe maybe if you got used to a certain person in your life every time you mentioned something to them and they shrugged like you got this idea that that meant like I don't know that you know they didn't they weren't happy with you or they didn't agree with you or um so it, it, it is sometimes it is obviously linked to like past um, and like I've, you know, I, I've been through a, I've been through quite a lot. Um, I don't always share everything I've been through, and, and I think that's important. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not one to like share every personal, you know, story or, or thing with everybody. Um, but yeah, like I've, I've definitely been um, through quite a bit. Um, and you know, I could, I, I, I think what I stopped doing was I stopped being a victim to that. Um, in a really, really good way, because I just decided that that, that was enough for that. Like, you know, I, I didn't need to be a victim anymore to um, everything that was going on. And um, because it, it does, it's not going to help you. Um, you know, victim mentality, as it's called, just it just doesn't help you. Um, the victim mentality like you, you need to you need to that's where ownership comes in. You need to own your past. You need to understand the behaviors that your past might now be controlling in your future. Um, it's, it seems like a really philosophical line, but, you know, not allowing things that have, you know, happened in, in your past that you maybe couldn't even control to then control how you respond in the future. Um, but that's, a far, that's far easier said than done. The... The method of learning how to do that is knowledge. Knowledge is power. So if you can learn 
certain coping mechanisms, if you can learn to uh, assess certain people's behavior and maybe why they're responding in that way. You know, my, my little sister um, was messaging me on Instagram and, and, you know, telling me she was upset. And um, there was people in her school were, you know, giving her a hard time. And, and, and you know, my sister's going through puberty and, and with that comes like some spots. And um, and I went through all of this too. Um, and, you know, the big brother and me wanted to go to the school and, Honest to God, I wanted to choke the fucking wee prick that was, you know, trying to make it. Was a, it was a boy, you know, of all the people. Like, it wasn't even the little girls. It was a boy. Um, and, and then, you know what I said to her? I, I just said, like, you know, that's on him. <laughs> like, you know, if, you, if it makes you feel good about yourself as a man and a boy making fun of a little girl, come on. You know, where's your life got to? Like, so um, I told her that... Um, there's no point. Um, you could have that kid, you know, executed, right? And we're not. But you could. But you know what it's going to do? It's it's just going to, the next kid that comes along, and the next kid will come along, because this is the world we live in, you're just not going, you can't kill everybody. So the next kid that comes along, you're just not going to be prepared for that kid either. So, you know, you're trying to tell your little sister that, you know, some people in life just, you know, they they take out their insecurities on you and they take out, like, if they're having a bad day, they take that out on you. And and it's going to happen every day. It's going to happen for the rest of your life. And so the best thing you can do, when I was in school, I used to just beat the living shite clean out of the person that was making fun of me. And if anyone knows me from school or knew of my reputation in school or on running trips or on, didn't matter. Someone pissed me off, I hit them a punch in the mouth. It's the only way I knew how to respond to... I didn't have the emotional capacity to take it on the chin and just be like, maybe, you know, you know what I probably should have done a load of time? See when people were giving me shit or, you know, like, you know, calling me names or, or things like this or whatever. I should have asked that person, are they okay? You know, like, I should have laughed about it. I should have, and then later on that day, I should have went, hey, you know, like, I, I've noticed, I've noticed recently, you know, you've been getting on my back. Is everything okay? Like, you know, is everything okay with you? You know, and, and that's, most people that are giving you a hard time, they're going through something themselves, and it's got nothing to do with you. You might be, you might be a bit overweight. You might have some spots, blah blah blah, and, and that's personal. But the reason they're having a dig at you probably has something to do with them. Um, so I told my little sister that you know you you need to you need to learn coping mechanisms. You need to every opportunity that you get when when this kid or or kids, you know, when they take the piss, I know how hard it's going to be. But, but you need to learn to just laugh it off. You need to learn to just be able to, even if you're hurting on the inside so hard, or, you know, maybe, maybe you are feeling like you just want to cry and, and all things like this, you need to learn to just laugh it off. Because um, it's kind of the only way to um, move forward um, and take that power away from that person that's giving you a hard time. Coping mechanisms are way, way more powerful, like I say. I, I, I just had to generate my own coping mechanisms because it cost me 10 euro to go through the Dublin Port Tunnel. Oh, nobody prepared me for that. Um, I'm actually glad I had 10 euro. I went to a service station or whatever and um, got out a bit of cash and had to get water from uh, the car. The car window was getting all dirty and... Um, 
should have seen the state of me trying to. Um, I think there might be another tool up here now that I think about it. But yeah, you should have seen the state of me trying to open the car bonnet or whatever. It was, it was delightful. Um, but yeah, no, the, the coping mechanisms, arm yourself with knowledge, um, arm yourself with strategies to, to deal with the things in life where, you know, the, light, the world's not fair. Um, I think that's something that I say quite a lot whether it's to my family or, or whether it's to myself or, you know, whether it's in conversation, like it, it's, it's not really a fair place. Um, you know, people, good people get sick, healthy people get sick um people that, you know, get pregnant and, and do everything they can to, you know, stay pregnant, lose kids, um, you know, lose their baby. And, 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 you know, then there's there's the opposite end of the world of people that don't appreciate the fact that they're pregnant, perhaps, and, you know, don't do things right. Um, perhaps that's in the form of still drinking, maybe recreational drugs, things like this, and then they have a kid and they don't appreciate it. The, wor- the world's really not that fair a place. Um, but the reason I'm telling you all this is because it is impossible to race well and run well or perform sport at any level or probably even just have a good day at work if you're not in a pretty good place yourself. Um, and, and that's really, really important. It's really vital that you um, do your best to get yourself in a pretty good place in life. Um, a lot easier said than done. Um, but I think the first step is something I'll talk about maybe on a, a future podcast is accepting your own flaws um, and, and taking, you know, I've talked about ownership. I've, I've talked about past. I've talked about, um, but, but I think accepting your own flaws, these coins are going to fall down that handbrake and then I'm not going to be able to pay them the phone. Um, accepting your own flaws is really important. Um, you know, ego, ego would, would fuck you and an ego would tell you that like you know let's say you eat a load of shit food shit food all the time you know you're you're quite happy to just pound a load of drinks and then have a big kebab after and then you go to the gym twice in the next week and and you're you're concerned about why you're you're still you know a little bit overweight or or whatever you know that that's your ego like you know that's what that's what you have to that's what you have to start learning to accept is that that's your that's your ego talking. Your your honest self would say, like and, and I don't mean to be harsh here, but your honest self would say, Stop being a greedy fat pig, you know, and, and, and learn and learn how many calories you're allowed to take in per day and, and learn the responsibility that you need to the ownership you need to take on that says, you know, if my if my daily calorie intake is fourteen hundred, why the fuck am I pounding five thousand on a Saturday night and thinking for some reason that you know, everything's going to be all right. And, and I'm going to be the wee skinny, skinny that I want to be, the wee skinny mini or whatever. Um, that's ownership and that's blunt and that's honest, but it's it's very powerful. And it is what it is. You, you have to start doing that. Um, David Goggins talks about that accountability murder. Um, and, and, he, and he talks about that. And he, he talks about if you're fat, own the fact that you're fat. If you lack confidence, own the fact that you lack confidence. And then put in the work to fix that and, and that's really important so I think the first part is that accountability start owning your 
start not necessarily your flaws. Start owning the things that you're not happy about and you want to change. Um, and then start arming yourself with ways to do that, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but look, thanks for listening, guys. I, I hope that was useful. And um, if it was, let me know. Um, it's far different than any other podcast I'd imagine um, that I've ever done, I'd say. Um, but yeah, let me know. Um, but, but I hope that was somewhat informative or useful.